Well, welcome to uh, to church this morning. Uh, I want to say it's a great honour and privilege for us to minister to you this morning um, and uh, for you to be a part of what we're doing here. Um, we're going to continue on with our series on Colossians, like uh, El said during uh, the uh, transition uh, between worship and stuff this morning. Just um, excited about what God's doing in this this whole series because we're, we're walking through the book of Colossians. Uh, Colossians is in the New Testament. Uh, it's one of the, the the letters that Paul wrote to uh, a church uh, in Colossae. Uh, however you say that word, uh, that city, that's how you say it now. So um, just uh, it's an exciting time that we find ourselves in. Uh, this morning I'm, I'm just going to uh, launch into this and let's just see where God takes us. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that you speak to us by your spirit. I thank you that there is something happening in the spirit right now. There is a, a, a brooding, there's a, a hovering of your spirit over us today that, that uh, we uh, enjoy and welcome. We welcome your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your leading and guiding in this, uh, this whole service, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing today. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Jesus is at the center of everything. I'm not sure if you knew that. Jesus is at the center of devotion, of our faith, and a hope of eternal life as well. He's at the center because of who he is. I want to let you know that that, uh, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. He gives us the power to overcome in life, to not give up or quit even when life doesn't pan out like we thought it should or we thought it would. Jesus is still Lord. He gives us the power to continue by making us alive in him when we were baptized, forgiven, and we were given victory at the cross. Jesus is at the center of everything, and this relates to the way we think about things. In our hearts, our thoughts, our mind, these are all at the center of who we are, and Jesus is at the center of that as well. But that can be challenging in these days, it raises a challenge for us. You know, this whole year has been like ridiculous. It's just been out of left field, you know, with the pandemic and the economy and uh, elections. There's just been so much going on. People, you know, it's just been just like a, a weird, weird year, you know. And, and even that, like having been in this year, it can affect us negatively in our thought life. It can have an effect upon our mental health. You know, whether people have been young or old, whether they're employed, unemployed, whether they're rich, they're poor, whatever it is, it can have an effect upon our lives. You know, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but calls to the mental health helplines have gone up significantly this year over previous years because people have struggled in their mental health. Um, so this, this whole thing, you know, while this year has affected our mental health more than we probably realize, it's also been true that there's been this daily battle for our minds, our, our, our thought life, our heart, our emotions, the, 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 the core of our love for, for God and, and so on. So let me ask us a question this morning. This question is, how would you define your life? How would you define your life. What, how would, what would it, what, what, what would you define your life as? Would it be tired or retired? 
Not as in rubber round things, it's just as in retire. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Confused. I was just then. Lonely, depressed, overworked, scared, angry, bitter, apathetic, or is it excited, joyful, happy, peaceful, relaxed, wonderful? My answer to that question would be, well, it just depends on which, when you catch me during the day, really. Because uh, you can be all of those things that, uh, you know, in, in a nanosecond, you know, that's, uh, that's how it is. Do we define our life by the job that we have or by the clothes that we wear or by the house that we live in or the car that we drive or the amount of money that we make? How do we define our lives? This is how Christians can define our lives and it takes one word and that word is Christ. That's how Christians can define our lives by using the name Christ. Every breath that we take, every move that we make, every thought that we think, every word that we speak is for Jesus this morning. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. And this is the passage we're going to be looking at this morning. It says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on the earthly things. For you died... And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life, everyone say that, Christ who is my life. Say it like you believe it. Christ who is my life. If I was a non-believer and you said that to me in that way, I would not believe you. Christ who is my life. Say it with conviction. Say it with passion. Say it like you actually believe what you're saying. Christ who is my life. That's right. Christ who is my life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. See, Christ is our life. The Christian life is the Jesus life. We are Jesus people. We're going back to the 70s. (laughs) Only in some ways. The Christian life is Jesus living his life in and through the believer. See, Jesus wants us to live our life uh, doesn't want us to live our life for him. He wants us to live uh, his life through us. We're not living for him. We're le- letting Jesus live through us. We're, we want Jesus to live through us. See, one of two people will live our lives, us or Jesus. In order for Christ to live his life through us, we have to do something. We have to die to ourselves. And this is what Jesus means when he says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and follow me. See, to deny ourselves means that we die to ourselves. Now, I've got to tell you right here, I can't do this on my own. This is impossible for me to do on my own. I can't do this in my own strength. To take up our cross and follow Jesus means that we die to ourselves. We need help to do that. So a cross is actually a symbol of death. That's why we must take up our cross. That's what Jesus asks us to do. We must die to ourselves, but we need the help of Jesus to do this. Colossians 3.3 says, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. We are dead. You might say, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm not dead, I'm alive. Look, I can feel pain, I've got hair, 
what most of us have got here. Here's the thing. We are dead and we're alive. It's one of those strange things in the Bible. When I'm poor, then I'm rich. Once I was blind, but now I see. You know, it's 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 that whole this this thing you know that that happens in the Bible. We're dead, but we're also alive. We're dead to ourselves, but we are alive to Christ. Are there any people alive to Christ this morning? Any anyone in this side sounds saved? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. In other words, to be crucified means we're dead. You're dead. So I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. I love that passage. I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. I li- the life I live in this body, this, 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 this tabernacle, if you want, this tent of meeting, uh, for, for want of a better term, it's no longer I that lives in this body, but I live in faith, by faith in the Son of God, in Jesus. I live by faith in Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, I'm dead, yet I'm alive. I'm not living my life. Jesus is. So the Christian life is the life where the follower of Jesus has said, it's not my will be done, but yours be done, Lord Jesus. I want to live your life. That's what I want to do. Any other ones here this morning that want to do that? Excellent. The rest I want to see on the altar call when we pray for salvation. So... So what does it mean that Christ is our life? It's a great question. I'm so glad you've asked that. So this is what it means. This is what it means when we say that Christ is our life. Number one, Jesus Christ is the source of our life. He's the source of our life. Not the source, not the tomato, not the HP. He's the source of our life. He's the source in Two ways, principally. Number one, he's the source of our life as our creator, the creator of our lives. Jesus was there at the creation of the world in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Speaking of Jesus, it says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 17, it says this. He is the image, speaking about Jesus, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, in brackets, Jesus, all things were created. This means us too. This means us too. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether they're thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him, in brackets Jesus, and for him, in brackets Jesus. He is before all things and in him all things held together. He created all things. That means he created us. He created you. He created the person next to you. That's why we need to be uh, very mindful of honoring the people around about us. We don't gossip about them, but we actually speak blessing over them because God created that person. I've got a bit of better response over here. I'm just going to sneak over this side now because... That's why we've got to be so careful in this whole thing. 
See, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female who created them. Because he's our creator, the one who gives us a physical life, we should allow him to have his life living through us. That's why we call him Jesus is Lord. It's not Jesus the advisor, not Jesus the, you know, something else that doesn't fit with Lord. See, the breath even that we breathe is his breath. It says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. If God had not breathed his breath of life into you, you would not live. As the one who gives us life, whose breath is in us, we give him who we are. We live our lives in him. This simply means giving him the rightful place uh, in our life, his rightful place in our lives. The place of our greatest love and devotion belongs to him. The greatest area of our struggles belongs to him just as much. It's no good just going to God when you're in trouble or when things are going bad, when the the deal falls through or when the the house falls apart or when the the car breaks down or when you haven't got enough money in your wallet or your purse. Personally, I've got a wallet. Some of you may have a purse. That's okay. God loves purses too. But it's no good just going to him in those moments. You know, We've got to give him everything. Got to give him our successes, our strengths, the things that we do well, our skills, our ability. Who gave them to you in the first place? And all we're doing is saying, God, this is, you gave me this ability, so I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to use it for your glory. I'm going to use it so that your name is shouted abroad, that people know more about you than they do about me. My prayer every time that I get up to praise, Lord, don't let the people see me. Let them see you. I want people to remember the fame of your name, not my name. See, he's our creator. He's the source of our life. Jesus is, who is, who is Jesus in our life? It is, not only did he give us a physical life as a creator, but number two, he, in this, this particular area, he, he's the source of our life as our savior. He's the source of our life as a savior. So not only he's our creator and he gives us a physical life, but he's also our savior and he gives us a spiritual life. No wonder some of us are conflicted. We get, you know, like didn't know that there was a spiritual person and a physical person happening in the same body. You know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's strange. It's another one of those strange things that happens in, in life. See, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. He made you alive. See, sin kills, and since we are all born in sin, we were all born spiritually dead. So we were dead to God, and as a result, we needed to be born again. That's why we're born again. Because God breathes life into us when we recognize who he is, what he's done for us, and we allow him to touch our lives in such a way that we are born again. Bless you, Jesus. How does a person receive spiritual life? I'm glad you've asked. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5 says this. But because of his great love for us, 
God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace that you have been saved. You've been saved by grace. You've been saved by grace. When a person comes to Jesus, they receive a spiritual life. How? It's by grace. It's by grace. For by grace we are saved by faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus. That's how we become born again. That's how we get this spiritual life. He's the source of our spiritual life. He's our saviour. Jesus, who is our life, is the source of our life in creation and gave us a physical life and also he's the source of life in salvation in that he gives us a spiritual life. Number two, what does this mean that Jesus is our life? It means that he is also the substance of our life. Not only is he the source of our life, he is the substance of our life. What does that mean? It means that Jesus not only gives us life, he is the substance, he's the core, he's the essence of our lives. It's it's by his life that we live. John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. He's the substance. Without him, we've got nothing. We can't say nothing. There's nothing that we can do. But here's the flip side. With Christ, it says in, in, uh, in Philippians 4.13, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuse. I love this verse. You'll never believe why. <clears throat> this is the, the Amplified Bible ver- version, by the way, so you can check it up. It's in there. All right. So it says, uh, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Knows I can do all things with Christ, but without Christ, I can do nothing. He is the substance of who we are. Yeah. Are you catching this this morning? Okay, <clears throat> go for it. Christ is in us, the hope of glory. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Did you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? There's something that's happened. We've become a residence for the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit lives in us, helping us to live life, empowering this life. We could not live this life. That's why we need God in us. We need the substance of God in us. He is the source of the substance in us. That's why we need the, the person of the Holy Spirit. We need him in our lives. Because there's no way we could live this life without the person of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live the God, the Jesus kind of life. Does that make sense? So in, in like... 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old's gone, the new's come. Because when God's in us, he empowers us to live the new Christian life. It's Jesus who's made us into new creations so that we can live. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 22 says, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ 
all will be made alive. That's a, that's a great passage. You've been made alive in Christ. Jesus is our substance. He is the life in us. Thirdly, not only is Christ the source and substance of our life, but Christ is the, uh, the, the sustenance of our lives. He's the sustenance of our lives. What does that mean? It means the food, the chips, the fish, the chips, whatever. He is the sub- susten- sustenance of our lives. Try saying that three times fast. It is Jesus that we feed on that sustains our life. Just as we eat physical food to sustain and strengthen our physical body, it is Jesus that we feed on that sustains our spiritual life as well. Our physical bodies need to be you know, sustained in some way and there needs to be sustenance, food that goes into them. So too do our spiritual bodies, our spiritual selves as well. You know, it says, build up the spiritual man inside of you, fan into flame the gift that you've given. Well, how did that happen? You've got to chuck some more wood on the fire. You've got to feed the fire. If you've gone cold in your Christianity, if you've gone, you know, like a bit um, just off colour, start to feed your spirit. Start to, to feed it on worship. Start to feed it on the Word of God. Start to feed it on the presence of God. Start to feed it around uh, the people that, that are like that. Start to feed it in your connect group. Start to feed it on church in a Sunday morning. doesn't matter how you feel, what you're going to do. You're going to actually come here. You're going to feed yourself. You're going to eat big at the table of the Lord. John chapter 6 verse 35 says, Jesus says this, he says, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never go hungry and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Jesus is the living water and the living bread for the soul of man. We are fair, you know, we're to feed upon him daily to strengthen us and to sustain us. That's why I, I, I love what we're doing with the, the, uh, the YouVersion app, uh, going through this, uh, Alive in Christ, uh, devotional, uh, uh, every, every morning. It's just been amazing to see some of the comments, the encouragement that, that people have put up. You know, it's been fantastic to see the revelation that people have gotten out of the Word of God. And we, you know, we're encouraging each other in that, talking about our struggles, the things that we struggle with as well. It's not all perfection. Not everyone's putting up their, their, their lovely, you know, lily whites and, and it's great there. It's just looking really nice and stuff. No, there's, there's genuine things that are being said in there. They're being open and vulnerable. And isn't that how we should be as brothers and sisters in Christ? It's why we need to be in a connect group. I just got to bang on about connect groups. Absolutely am. There's life in a connect group. Absolutely. There's help, there's support, there's love, there's freedom, there's acceptance. And you can do that for other people. It's not just about you getting those things, but it's about you giving those things. As you come together as a group of believers on a regular basis, it might be around the Word of God, but it might be around a common interest. But you're there for one another. So how do we feed upon Jesus? I'm so glad you asked this morning. It says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, like newborn babes. Turn to the person next to you. You're like a good babe. Good looking babe. 
Oh, sorry. You look like a good-looking babe. Thanks. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk of the word so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. What's he saying? It's going to feed your spirit. going to feed your spirit. There's a spirit man, a spirit woman that needs to be fed. We feed upon Jesus by feeding upon his word. What's the result of living this Christ life? Verse 4 of our passage this morning, out of Colossians chapter 3, says this, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The, the, the benefit, the, the end result of this Christ life is this, where, where Jesus is, we will be also. So where's Jesus? He's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He's enjoying incredible fellowship with the Father. He's there with the angelic hosts worshiping. He's, he's there praising. He's doing, he's interceding for the saints. You know, we've got this promise of eternal life. Jesus is our Life. Why don't you say that with me? Jesus is my life. He, Jesus is my life. Jesus is the source of life. He is the substance of life. And he is the sustenance of our lives. And as we walk in Christ, the truth of his source his substance and his sustenance in us is that we can walk away from our former lives and put to death our former ways of living that Paul talks about in verses 5 to 11 of chapter 3. I'm so glad, church, that Jesus tells us, that Paul tells us that the way we're going to conquer our old life, the way that we're going to walk away and put to death our old former ways of doing things, those things that we once did before, is that we will be filled and our life is found in Christ, that He's the source, He's the substance, and He's the sustenance that we need. That's how we're going to do that. I'm excited about that. I think that's just amazing. I preach myself happy. See, that, it, I'm so glad it's that we're hidden in Christ. He gives us the ability to see those things for, uh, overcome. See, this is what he talks about. It says uh, in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. But I tell you, for the Christian, it doesn't anymore. Because the wrath of God has been taken out on the body of Jesus Christ. There is no longer any punishment of sin coming your way if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ because the punishment of your sin has been put and taken out on the body of Christ. That was good news right there. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of uh, all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new, your new self which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. I think that's wonderful news that, that, that this whole verses one to four tells us that we can be free of those things because we're filled with Christ. We're living the life of Christ in us that we can walk away from those things. When we're, we're, we're hidden in, in Christ, you can't see me anymore. Are you dead or you're not? 
So some of us on, on a Sunday will put ourselves on the altar. We say, Lord, I give you everything. I'm dead to the world. I'm alive for you. But Monday morning we crawl off of the altar because we're not dead anymore. There's still areas of our life. Jesus is our life. Jesus is our life. We are empowered to live the Jesus kind of life because of all that he's done for us. We don't have to go through what he did. If we're struggling with something, go to Jesus about it. If you know, you're finding an area of weakness, then like, do what the Bible says. Confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. The trouble is we don't like to confess our sins one to another because we're uncertain as to whether the person that we're talking to is still going to like us when we tell them what we're going to tell them. But if we understand who Christ has made us to be, if the person that you're talking to is a mature believer, I want to tell you right now that you are accepted in Christ. You are beloved of Christ. He loves you with a passion. He's put people around about you that will help you. They will lift your arms in the midst of the battle and that they will love you through this. If they won't, I will. So let me ask us this morning, is Jesus your life this morning? Is Jesus your life this morning? Have you died to yourself and come alive to God? Many, many of you have. But sometimes we just have our our focus broken and we we get distracted. It's, It's so easy. It's so easy. And the devil is, is really good at it. But you know what? When we look to Jesus, when we're in, in love with him, we're worshipping him, we're praising him, we're reading his word, we are encouraged by the, the believers that are around about us as a part of our connect group, when we're living the Christ life, we'll make it. We'll be able to do it. We'll have this whole area of being able to uh, live with Christ for eternity. We have the hope of eternal life, saints. Can we stand this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for the wonder and awe of who you are and what you're doing. And I pray that people would catch this, about that our life is in you. You are my life. You are our life, Lord Jesus. I thank you that we can walk in fullness 
because of you. We can breathe, we can live, we can dance, we can rejoice, we can cry, we can, we can have struggles and stuff, but because we're in you, because you are in us, we will succeed. We will make it. We will live because you live in us. Father, I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for your presence this morning. And I want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you have heard that you need to be born again but never really understood what it's about. I pray this morning that you've heard what it's like to be born again, that there's a source of life, there's a substance to life, and there's a sustenance in life. Maybe, you know, you're living your life, but it's just not working out. It's not turning out how you thought it would. But you found yourself here this morning. You found yourself in this place. Someone brought you. Maybe you, you know, you came along and and just you're here. But if you want to say yes to the source of life this morning, I want you to be very brave and give me an indication that you want to do that. Because I'm going to get us all to pray a prayer together. But this is, the, this is the deal. You're not saying this for a moment in time. You're saying this because this is how you want to live your life from this moment forward. You want to live for Christ and have Christ living his life through you for the rest of your life. You're going to give him the best crack that you've ever given Is anybody here this morning, you just want to give your heart to Jesus? I want you to put your hand up nice and tall so I can see it. Because I want to pray for you. I want you to, to lead you in a prayer. I want us all to pray together with you. Is anyone here this morning? Just put your hand up nice and tall so I can see it. Anybody? No. Thank you, Father. I just... Just have a sense or a picture of some people perhaps this morning where you've come to a point in life and because things have become so hard and hurtful, because they've become so difficult at times, rather than living openly with Christ, you've closed yourself off. And you've hidden yourself. You've protected yourself. It's a self-preservation thing. It's a natural response for someone going through things. But I sense God saying to us this morning, it's time to open up your heart once more. It's time to open up your mind once more. It's time to open up your life once more. And to allow me to come in to bring healing, to bring wholeness, to bring life once more. Because some of you, it's been ages since you've had a good spiritual meal. And he wants to feed you. 
this morning? Is there anybody here this morning that you feel that way? Just put your hand up there. Yes, thank you. Any others? Yes, thank you. Any others? Thank you. Thank you. Any others? Heavenly Father, right now I pray that you would come and bring your life. Bring your life to these people. Bring your life to them. Bring your warmth. Bring your presence. Bring your life to these people. Refresh them. Renew them, Lord God. Give them a feast like they've never had before. This week, as they begin to see things in your word, perhaps, or as they check out some stuff on YouTube, the the spiritual content that's on there, Lord, I pray that you'd speak powerfully to these wonderful people, that you'd restore their soul, you'd restore their lives, you'd bring, bring healing and wholeness into their innermost being, Lord, that you'd touch them powerfully by your spirit and that you'd do an amazing thing in and through them today. Father, bless them. Encourage them, I ask, in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thanks, Christine.